What's going on, everybody? Today's podcast, America's Hometown Horror, is brought to you by Podgo. That's right, another new sponsor tonight, folks. Podgo, in case you haven't heard, is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.com at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add America's Hometown Horror Podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. Again, that is podgo.co and mention America's Hometown Horror Podcast. Thank you, Otis. What is up? 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 What is going on? My name is Mike. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of America's Hometown Horror. We are certainly happy to have you back. And as always, I am not by myself. I am joined by my fellow co-hosts of the evening. First co-host is Otis, the hound dog. He's just Otis. How's it going, bud? I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. know. He's very loud, folks. Don't mind him. Keep listening, please. But I am also joined by some other co-hosts. The first one is Andrew. How you doing, my friend? Doing fantastic. How you doing? Doing great, man. I'm happy that you asked. I'm happy to have you here, and I know that you are chomping at the bit to get into what we're talking about today. Yeah, it should be a fun one. Should be. It very well should be. I'm also joined. I'm also joined by my co-host, my wife, Catherine. What's going on? Hello. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Swell. Are you ready to rock and roll? And uh... I am. I'm very ready to rock and roll about this movie. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yep. Well, I appreciate Absolutely. that. I appreciate that. Hold on one second. Yeah, like it's I don't understand. Well, now we're using a new tablet and a new, oh, this uh, is all new. software. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to teach myself. So oh. anyway, sorry for the technical difficulties there. Folks, what is going on? You guys. Thank you. Uh, thank you again for sticking with us through the technical difficulties. I'm talking to you and Catherine. I wasn't sure if we were redoing a part where you were, like, introducing no, no. us. So I was like, wait. No, we got all that. It, just, <laughs> it might be on the uh, the tablet's microphone as opposed to our wonderful Blue Yeti X microphone that we use for the rest of our stuff that Such we do. Such a nice microphone. But again, you know, away we go here for another episode of America's Hometown Horror. And uh, last week we did Misery, and we had the pleasure of having Matt Audette on, who was great as always. So thanks again to Matt. A good episode came out very nicely. And uh, I guess, you know, the, the biggest topic in the world right now is, is Tom Brady going to win an eighth Super Bowl next year? I know Kat is super excited to talk about it, but, I mean, the man is unbelievable. Why is this on the horror podcast? I mean, I feel relevant. like it has to be talked about because he, eight, he is an he's insane going, he's person. He's going to be going for his eighth Super Bowl. <laughs> That's relevant in any yeah. conversation. Yeah. you got to talk about the great, the goat, the goat. Yeah, the goat. The goat gonna, indeed. Lots pass. of goats uh, in this episode later are lambs, actually, maybe. So, uh, yikes. Goats. No, no uh, black Phillips mm. in this one. Yeah, but uh, so I, I guess I kind of mean that as a roundabout way to get into you know what we've talked, what we've watched over the last week since we've recorded. Which you know I, I admittedly, with the Super Bowl going on and everything, haven't watched a ton of stuff. Still haven't seen the little things that Denzel movie with Rami Malek. Did you watch that? No, nope. yeah, neither did <clears throat> we. Also, uh, this Clarice show on CBS can 
fuck right the fuck off and get out of my face. I'm so no, honestly, I haven't even watched it. I'm just so sick of oh. seeing the commercials for it, and it's not Hannibal. So sorry, I'm sour about it. Yeah, soon enough though. We don't have to wait too long. I mean, you'd I like hope. to. They're gonna have two Hannibal Lecter TV shows going on at the same time. Because I mean, well, maybe maybe, maybe, they, so, maybe they assume that this one's gonna last one season. Maybe, and they're using it as a means to draw interest towards Hannibal, even though it's a different. Well, station I, I get, I get the interest and in the focus <laughs> on the character matter. of Clarice, right? But at some point, doesn't Hannibal Lecter have to be in that show? Yeah. Like, why not just make? Another season of Hannibal. What, uh, Why time, do you need to do another one? What time period is that show supposed to take? I'm not sure. I'm not is sure. Is it like before she even meets Buffalo Bill? Or is it I don't know. Yeah, I, have I, don't no, I have no idea. I, mean, I have no idea. All I know is there. It's it's actually not even on CBS All Access. Their premium service, like I thought it was. So it's probably going to be even more lame because it's not going to be as gory as it could be. But then again, Hannibal was on cable. NBC, but NBC's so a little more spicy. Being, than could just uh, be a sour Sally right now. CBS. Yeah, I feel like it. I don't know why, but. I feel like know. they're more spicy. <laughs> I guess we'll see. So maybe one of us should check out the Clarice TV show to see if it's worth uh, watching. Fair. We'll leave that okay. up to Kat. Yeah. Okay. Because if she hates it, I'll then watch it. you'll watch it, yeah. <laughs> and then if I say I like it, then you're going to be like, mm, pass. <laughs> you're like, it's awesome. I'm going to be like, that must yeah. be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> well, so yeah, Clarice is coming on soon. Um, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Season 2 on, on uh, Nickelodeon actually premieres this Friday at 8 p.m. So that's, you know, if you... Uh, are a 34-year-old man that's going to watch a TV show intended for uh, <laughs> children between the ages of 10 and 15, like I am. You know what he's going to watch before? You know, hey, Goosebumps. it's Are You Afraid of the Dark? What are you going to do? <laughs> and I'm going to read some Goosebump books the entire day. Abso-fucking-lutely. Like, uh, like Nam Nielsen and uh, Ted yeah. when he says, are these tricks specifically for kids? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> am, I, am I led to believe that tricks are specifically Ooh, what, for children? What was, it, what was his name? Liam, Liam Nielsen. Liam, no, it's Liam. Neeson. You almost Liam Neeson. See, yes, I didn't yes, even yes. have to try. She caught herself. But there, the first so time she said Neam, Neam Liesel. Neam, Neam Liesel. Ugh, Neam whatever. The tape, the tape will tell. <laughs> tape will tell. Fine. Tape will tell. Fine. Also, Andrew. So I don't know if you've seen the commercials for this or not. There's not even commercials for Netflix, but I guess the trailers for this. Uh, you mean the, the ones that just start up for no reason? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Fucking... So when you are on Netflix, they have been highly advertising this documentary series they're coming out with that was uh, done by the same people that did the Ted Bundy tapes, which, Kat, you and I watched, and it was I liked fucking it. awesome. Yep. It was great. They're doing a new documentary series on the Cecil Hotel in Los Angeles. And have you ever heard, Andrew, I ask you, of the Elisa Lamb viral tape? Do you know the story of that? That's, like what, this, how you that's what this from, is about. I like how you went from Silence of the Lambs mm-hmm. to Lambs, and then we're going to go to more Lambs later. That's what they call a segue, <laughs> my friends. It's like a trifecta. It's my background in, uh, in I have uh, not radio that, coming no. through. Okay. So essentially the story for that is, uh, I forget what year it was, but it was recent. Recent enough that there was uh, surveillance footage in the elevator, but there's this swanky, old school, very Hollywood, very Los Angeles hotel in Los Angeles called the Cecil Hotel. And uh, a few years back, there was this young woman named uh, Elisa Lamb that the video, the last video footage of her seen alive went viral because she was in an elevator at this hotel, and the whole time she's in there, She's, like, walking around, pacing back and forth. Seems like she's talking to someone, but there's nobody in the elevator. The doors open, and she is, like, peeking out of the elevator around each corner, like, looking for somebody, just acting 
completely strange. And she walks out of the elevator, and the next time she's seen, she's found dead in a, like, the most impossible place to get to on the roof of the hotel, like a water tower type thing. She's found in there. It was the inspiration for the hotel season of American Horror Story, and they're now doing a documentary series, like, four episodes on Netflix. I cannot fucking wait to watch this. It sounds really fucking weird. Uh, it's Dude, it's super <laughs> weird. So if you go on YouTube and you search for Elisa Lamb video, you can watch it. And it's... So it's, she, it's, she, it's, you don't think obviously it's real mentally insane. Well, that's so the, but there, it's where she got herself that's... exactly, and so that that's what this documentary series is about, right? So there's hmm. two different schools of thought on what happened to her. One and what I think probably many people think is that she had some sort of psychotic break, and God knows what happened. Other people say that it's some sort of paranormal, paranormal or supernatural thing that happened to her and uh you know that's i don't know I, I guess either of those two things you make the decision watch the netflix documentary i would watch that out. yeah so it looks awesome i i can't wait to watch it i know we you know we were talking about yeah, it we earlier with that. smitty and craig and it's it's like if you watch the youtube video it's out there it's got like 28 million views it's insane to watch it's very creepy it's like you know <laughs> probably creepier to me than most of the stuff we talk about on this show yeah. Because it actually fucking happened. Do you know what side the documentary stands on in this? Uh, I have no idea. Because I'm interested no clue. in that fact I have no too. clue. So I know the trailers have shown that there's, you know, they talk about the paranormal stuff. They also talk about the fact that, you know, there's some skeptics on there as well, I guess is what I meant to say. So, yeah, that's on Netflix right now. Um, as of this recording, oh. you'll be able to go on Netflix and watch it right now. So Beautiful. I know what Go I'm and check later. out that. Uh, I think it's called Crime Scene. <laughs> The Cecil Hotel or, or something like that. Named yeah, after on Netflix. Cecil Fielder. Yeah, cool. yeah, exactly. So transitioning into news here, you guys. Uh, we were kind of talking about this a little bit earlier, but I think the biggest thing that I found out over the last week was that coming in the fall of this year, 2021, there's going to be a uh, documentary series, or not, not a documentary series, excuse me, but a documentary movie based on the... Uh, creation, rise, and fall of Spooky World, which uh, any of you that listen to our show know that we actually covered Spooky World, uh, Nightmare New England, up in New Hampshire. This past October, we had a good time doing it, but obviously COVID had a huge effect on the on the product. Um, but this documentary is going to be based on the original America's Horror Theme Park, quote-unquote, uh, that was back in Berlin, Massachusetts in the 90s and kind of launched that whole thing. So it, it's such a cool idea that this is actually going to be done because there should be a documentary based about it because it's some cool stuff. But they're going to have interviews with the original owner of the park, a uh, guy named David Bertolino, people that worked there, fans that went, and it's executive produced by Tom Savini, who used to make appearances there at Spooky World signing autographs, I mean, you know, look at the poster behind you. Uh, they had Robert Englund, who played Freddy Krueger. They had the guy that played the Leatherface. They had Elvira, Tom Savini, Linda Blair from The Exorcist, Alice Cooper, and a bunch of other shit. So it was a pretty cool place to be, and I was lucky enough to go back in the 90s. There's also a podcast that's leading up to the release of this documentary. It's gonna be, I think they're going to do at least one a month or something like that. I'm not exactly sure, but, you know, kind of a cool thing to hear, especially with such big Hollywood firepower behind it, 
you know, this is a haunted attraction that we went to, like, a few yeah. months ago. It's pretty cool if they're going to do this about yeah, it. Obviously, it's absolutely. in a different location. It's different now. It's been all over the place, but I don't know. I know I talked a lot about that. I can wax nostalgically about Spooky World all day, but what do you think? I've always loved Spooky World. I remember going there as a kid, too. Um, I mean, I feel like it was a thing to go when I was in high school and stuff. I remember... <laughs> One of the things, I think I went at some point, I don't know if it was in Berlin, but I, I was younger, and it wasn't, I, it may have been a Gillette, but so it may Ber- not So, Berlin was far. It was far from, like, the Boston area. Like, I, I remember my uncle used to take me when I was going in the 90s, and it was at least, an, it was past Worcester, so it's at least an hour and a half, probably closer to two hours, I would think. Maybe I went to the one Gillette then. I, I don't well, remember. And that's the other thing, to too. Yeah, it's been at all least, over the it's place. It's been, it's... Yeah, it's been so long since I went there. The one thing I do remember is that Dunkin' Donuts just came out with their mocha lattes, and I remember that they gave us, like, little free samples of mocha lattes, and I yeah. was so cold that it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I just remember latte. that was, like, my like Dunks, favorite memory of Spooky Dunks has World. <laughs> always partnered with Spooky World because they yeah. all, there's always, like, discount tickets at yeah. Dunkin' Donuts now and all that, but... So, well, and they had a clown house, I remember. They always, had a, They had a couple yeah. of different houses. I remember they were, like, the old school, like, cutouts that you'd go into and have like a picket fence around it and like i just i that's what i remember of like going to spooky world when i was younger yeah see i i like this was kind of my introduction to horror in addition to movies i had never really been to too many haunted houses but like so when spooky world opened i was like younger than 10 years old i was born in 1986 so when it first started i was going when i was like eight or nine years old and I fucking loved it. I was scared shitless, but in a way that was fun. So it was great. I, I, I remember it. I remember going. I just, uh, I would kill to find the, like, the Polaroid photos I have when I was there. I'll find them someday, and I'll put them on our Instagram account. But, yeah, the Spooky World documentary coming fall 2021. Pretty fucking awesome. I, actually, Andrew, I didn't even ask you about it. Jesus Christ. Well, I've Any never thoughts? been to Spooky World except for... Except for when we went. Just really? now, which that is weird. F- oh. First time I've ever been to Spooky World. I feel like we've probably the best experience, that, so... Yeah. <clears throat> I'd be interested to hear. I know. Just to learn more about it. About what it used to be. And yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, what a lineup. It at, was at, at, the, lineup. at the time, like, if you look at that poster... There's like six different haunted attractions on there. All those celebrities appearing throughout October. So like you can like I remember like at one point it's probably my parents' house. I have I have I have I have a red (laughs) hockey mask signed by Kane Hodder from when I went there when I was probably like ten eleven years old. Look at how cheap it was. I know. Like well yeah talk about yeah this is like for so this this poster's from 1996 so that was. Uh, 20, you can, 25 you can, years post, ago. You'll post the poster on social media. Yeah, already. actually, I already did. 1850, that's a pretty good get for... Yeah. Uh, All that shit. Good yeah. stuff. All right, Andrew, next news item. Uh, we were talking about this earlier. I'll let you kind of take the lead on this. But uh, So Universal is producing a new take on Firestarter, the Stephen King novel, one that I actually haven't read. But uh, you want to talk about this one a little bit? Did you ever see the original? I did, yeah. I've seen the original. Yeah, I think I've never seen one of bits my favorite of it. things. But. I forgot that's the one that Drew Barrymore was in. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they put, she has the pyrokinesis, as they say. Yeah, so she's like a mutant, mm-hmm. essentially. She's, Who can like they she's essentially she's an ex she's an ex men and X-Man, they essentially try to use X-Woman. her for evil, almost yeah. like a thing like a Stranger Things kind of. Yeah, like could, she's eleven, but yeah. with pyrokinesis, and she's evil. Yeah, they use okay. her. Yeah. yeah, that way. So I think that would be, I don't know, 
probably be a decent. It's gonna be. You're gonna have to do it. Well, I, very I know right, th- they're gonna do. They're gonna wrong, do an updated right. take on it, but obviously, so, um, you know, based on the novel by Stephen King, one that I haven't read. Uh, the original film, as you mentioned, featured uh, is famous. Is for that even on your list for one anymore. you want to read? Right? Like, no, not five, really. No? I mean, I honestly like my favorite. I know we've talked about this with Matt before, but like. My favorite King stuff to read are his short stories because he kind of packs the Stephen Fluff. King punch into, like, a digestible amount of pages. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to read a 2,000-page book like It or The Stand. That's what I was saying about well, My attention span for most, like, for reading, I feel like, is not as long as I want it to be. So I, I can't sit down and read a 2,000-page book. It would take no. me two fucking years right now. So well, also, look at, look at the Gunslinger trilogy that he wrote. Or not trilogy, like... What's eight books or some shit? So uh, yeah, yeah. The so, first one is like a novella. It's I read the first easy one. Read. I read the first the one, and then one I saw I how long the books were getting. Yeah. I was like, yeah, no. Craig read all of them. I'm like, because Craig read all the Lord of the Rings and all those long ass books. I'm Craig, like, Craig I can't loves fantasy stuff. So I yeah, I can I can understand <laughs> that. I can understand that. So, um, so yeah, so this movie, this new take on Firestarter, is starring a guy named Michael Gray Eyes, who is I guess. From what I have seen, uh, famous for the third season of True Detective, one of my favorite all-time TV shows. It's also starring Zach Efron in the new Firestarter. He's supposed to be in a villainous role. That's pretty this, awesome. Which makes... I mean, he did a pretty good job as... Uh, I liked him a lot as Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. That the movie, movie didn't get smelled, great reviews. It was, the movie oh, was see, a, I, dude, I liked it. I thought it was good. I thought it was a little too romanticized. Yeah. Like, yeah, they kind of made him look like a fucking like was, a hunk. And it yeah. was well, you picked tough. Zac Efron, so you're like... Of course. Like, well, Zac get, Efron's okay, probably I, one of the best-looking guys yeah, on the planet. Ted Bundy was average-looking. wasn't the greatest-looking dude in the world. I think it was... They, they the kind of romanticized thing. him a little bit because he was eloquent and he dressed nicely and he was kind of like the guy next door. And he Do you know what I thought like was interesting, though? Person. So, I don't know if you've seen it. Did you, did you watch that Night Stalker um, documentary? I still haven't yet? seen that All right, either. so that one. So... At the end of that one, spoiler alert, mm-hmm. if you haven't watched it, it's been out for a while. Um, he gets I know arrested. the story of the night. He gets arrested though, so. for, like, it's, like, shitload yeah. of murders. And he's in spoiler, he's, he's in jail. A, he's got fucked up teeth. He is not an attractive person. Yeah. And the amount of women that showed up in the courtroom in love with him, showing him his tits, like, wanting to be oh, yeah. killed by him, essentially. Because he'd have sex and then he'd murder Oof. you. But I was like, so it's not. it has nothing to do with appearance. It's all just... They're cor- it's they're corrupted. It's like it's, it's the same reason. There, there's love, a certain uh, sequence of people that are drawn to this mystere and this fucking you know the same people that are drawn personality, to personality like yeah essentially exactly crazy Charles people. Manson all those yeah oh my god like I, the I other just, guy Joe uh, what's his name the most like the Kool Aid one. Oh, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, the guy, I know what you're talking about, the cult, yeah, drink the Uh, Jones, something Jones. Oh, the Jonestown, uh, uh, Jonestown Massacre. What's his name? Fucking, uh, Jim Jones, Jim Jones, Jones. (laughs) yeah, Jim Jones. It's not Tom Jones. Not Tom Jones. Good. Tom Jones, I think, is the lost man. But yeah, they have, like, all these people follow them, and they're insane, Mm -hmm. because there's that many insane people out there, so it's not that. That actually ties, uh, directly into what we're going to talk about (laughs) tonight. Exactly. Yes! Um, but what do you think about Zac Efron playing a villain in Firestarter? Um... Kind of cool. Like to see Wait, Zac, Efron. Uh, Zac Efron in a villain role in a Stephen uh, King yeah. story. Yeah, I think he'd be. Uh, I think he'd be pretty sexy. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's pretty sexy no matter I'm what a, he does. But, I'm yeah. down with I'm, seeing I'm, him. I'm, I'm, I'm solid enough on my man. Oh, absolutely. To admit that. He's a handsome absolutely. man. So. He uh, he'd be a great villain. Okay. I think. Fair enough. Yeah, I think. Well, um, he's a stud. Yeah, 100%. I think. Well, yeah, and that's kind of what he brings to the table of like. 
He's not a terrible actor. Either. No, he's not, he's not at bad, all. Actually, he's not. No. So I mean, I'm I I'd be hands down Zac Efron villain. Hands sure. down on Zac Efron. <laughs> <Yeah>. Hands down <laughs> yeah, on his. I, could, I mean, I wouldn't blame you for that. It's totally fine. That so was an uh, accident that you said. <laughs> a few quick hitters before we get into uh, tonight's movie. A couple quick things. So we always talk about theme park attractions and haunted attractions and blah, 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 and X, Y, Z. So uh, there's a theme park in Malaysia called Sky Worlds, which means, unfortunately, I'll probably never get there. They are making attractions in an entire section of their theme park based on Alien and Predator. Hmm. Wow. How fucking awesome does this sound? Let me let me lay this out Tim for out, you. Time out, can you go quick. back? Where is this? Malaysia. Oh, okay. Malaysia. I so would, they are uh, doing a apparently you can you can look up like the behind the scenes footage of this, but they're doing a drop tower ride similar to the Tower of Terror based on aliens. And they're also doing a coaster slash dark ride hybrid similar to the mummy at Universal Studios, Florida. That is an alien versus predator type ride. How fucking dope does that shit sound? Why is this not in America? Can I be honest though? Yes. Those sound way more terrifying, strictly based off the fact that I can't imagine that Malaysia has Malaysia. similar Malaysia. Malaysia. Call it whatever you want. No, it's not M E, it's M A. Malaysia. They probably don't have as strict a laws regarding safety on a ride or an attraction. This is a well. You got to think though too that these movie studios are giving the rights to their movies mm. for a ride based on their properties. So it's these not have to be, be big time safety protocols, big time everything, budget, all that it. shit. So I can understand your your idea there, but I think it's probably well taken care of. Well, that's refreshing. Yeah. Cat, what about you? Would you go on Alien and Predator rides? I don't so, yeah, I, I would fucking go on would. Uh, I think I think so. Mm-hmm. But my first thought is that we actually one of my really good friends lives over there, and that why don't we tell him to go and uh, check it out while he's over there? Shit. Well, it's not open yet. It's not opening for like another. If he's going to be there for a long time, it's not opening for another like eight months or something like that. Oh, but, eight months also oh, be there. Dog. Could that? Can yeah. you imagine think about, that though? So basically. This is I would how, love to this talk is to how, him about it if he went. This is how I imagine that Tower of Terror ride you're talking mm-hmm. about. It's based off of either Predator or Alien or both. It's aliens, apparently. Like the like so, Xenomorphs in that so ride. So instead of like, so you're going through the ship, mm-hmm. and then you get to the end, and it's, what's the end? Is it, you're sucked out like the alien? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be cool know. if you could do that. Yeah, that'd be sweet. But yeah, just cool stuff. Like, I just, like, I understand that, like, all the major theme parks in America, they're, like, you know, trying to draw families. But, like, dude, you're trying to tell me if they put an alien or an alien versus predator ride at Universal Studios Florida or Disney World that people wouldn't come and do that? Are you oh, kidding they me? absolutely would. But I think you have to so just advertise awesome. it like that instead of, like, doing Alien Encounter where people are just like, oh, this looks like a great wholesome ride, which is probably exactly why they don't do I'm an alien versus so glad. Well, actually, so fun we'll fact. About this. Fun fact, the xenomorph uh, alien from in a scene from Alien was uh, actually in the great movie ride at Disney MGM Studios back right. from the uh, 80s when it opened until like the uh, early 2000s. Talk about that a ride, ride that closed. sucks ass. Um, I would have, I never actually went on that ride, but I would have just gone just to see Ripley fighting the xenomorph. That wasn't all when I went. No? 
No, that was the most boring ride in the world. It was like the Wright Brothers flying planes. It was. It was. It was really cool. No, like so that. The concept of that ride for the time is very cool. The way they did it, because it's all like robotronics. It's not like CG. Like everything now, it's like like you talk about these alien predator things. Like what's going to be CGI? What's going to be Vince Lombardi at the Super Bowl? So I I think this is that. Those were meant to like. From everything I was reading, those are supposed to be like animatronics like oh. actually like full realized so figures. that so i can not, get into yeah not screens not virtual reality like anything like that it's actually like physical figures that would bother me yeah it'd be dope so all right so yeah alien and predator rides going to malaysia so if you're in malaysia and you're listening what up go on those rides and then come talk to us go, go not talk to us far away from this so maybe sorry if i insulted you that's okay <laughs> i don't think you insulted anyone no maybe we can convince good, our friend to yeah. go on that ride i'm sure he wouldn't have a problem doing that if that no. was the case i don't think so i talk shit there. and get rides built out in mm-hmm. springfield massachusetts those are probably that just, would be amazing just as dangerous <laughs> All right, so we already talked about the Are You Afraid of the Dark season two premiere that's coming Friday. Uh, set your DVR. Also, Mike's very excited about that. I am, mentioned I am it twice very excited. now. Yep. Uh, last thing. So something that's pretty cool and nostalgic for me and Andrew. I'm sure you're probably in the same boat. But uh, so the Ghostbusters YouTube channel. Ghostbusters obviously you know, they had a YouTube awesome channel. movie. They have a like a, uh, a YouTube channel that basically shows all kinds of clips and mm-hmm. you know premieres and trailers and all that shit. So and also clips from the old movies. Obviously, there's a new Ghostbusters movie coming out this summer called Ghostbusters Afterlife. But they are releasing every week on their YouTube channel for free uh, episodes of the real Ghostbusters, which is the '80s cartoon that ran from like '86 to '91. And then the Extreme Ghostbusters, which ran later than that. Each episode of the show for free every week on YouTube. Is there anything better than an Ecto Cooler? I love Ecto Cooler. That's why I love. Shout out to Second Wind. I was just going to say that. Shout out yep. to Ecto Cooler. Their Power, power sour, sour is so unbelievable. The, the can design is phenomenal. I love getting that beer because I just drink the shit out of it and it's so good. Um, it gives me horrible heartburn, <laughs> but it's delicious. It's so good. It's so good. Honestly, it, like, it has such heartburn, awesome it's flavor. Worth it's times. worth the heartburn. It's worth the Omeprazole. Absolutely. Sure. <laughs> for sure. So yeah, that's what I got for news. Uh, I mean, are you guys ready to roll into some apostle action? All right, that means we are on to our movie of the night, our topic du jour. And I am so happy to say that for the first time in a while, I am Long not time. driving the bus right now. I am going to hand the reins over to one of my friends, my co-host, one AJ Bears. Andrew, Whoopee. you know what? I'm not going <laughs> to tell you that I'm going to just try and keep the bus on the road here. I'm going to be like Kramer in that episode of Seinfeld. He's on the bus with the... With yeah. the mailman? No, with the mugger. Punch mugger. No, I'm <laughs> He's like, you're Batman. You're Batman. You're Batman. I'm going to be Batman. I'm not going to be just trying to keep the bus on the road. Like. Nice. I'm excited to watch Batman in action tonight, so... We'll see what happens. Go on with the chlorophyll, Mr. Andrew. Go on with the chlorophyll. Go so ahead, my friend. tonight's movie... It's a little old movie from 2018 called Apostle. It's uh, a Netflix original movie that they made. XYZ Productions, who does a lot of weird movies that I think... I know The Void is an XYZ production movie. Oh, is it? Oh, think, yeah. Okay. They did uh, the, invitation, the Invitation. Oh, I love that movie. So they do love, a lot of um, foreign films. I believe they did... So the director is uh, Gareth Evans. 
He's known for the raid. Which I've never seen. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen that? I don't think so. Never seen the, the raid. raid. The raid. I, I know. I know. Movie people are going to um, be like, "Oh my god, you haven't seen the raid." And yeah, I think X Y Z made yeah. these movies. And um, he also did a segment from VHS two called mm-hmm. Safe Haven, mm-hmm. which it I know. Took, we're gonna, we're as soon as about. I saw that, I it, for some reason it lit a bulb in my head because I was like, I feel like I've seen this before. And then I remembered. I asked Mike. I called Mike. I was like. Pretty sure you loved this segment. You're like, yeah, I showed it to you, and I re- then I was like, as I was watching it, I saw more of it, and that was a very uh, frightening segment, very much like I would say the void, and yeah, potentially even like this movie has elements of that, yeah, in it. But I'll let Mike talk about that more because he's a buff on that episode or well, segment. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I guess spoiler alert. I I've this been is a- so old you can just talk about it. Well. I was just saying for me personally. So oh. I, I am a a huge fan of the VHS anthology horror series. Mm-hmm. I would recommend to anyone, if you have not watched VHS, VHS 2, VHS uh, Viral, I think was the third one. They're doing a new one too. Go watch them because, hey, listen, it's an anthology series. Not every single one of them is a winner, but there are some gems in there. And there is... No better of a gem that you can find than from VHS 2. It's a segment called Safe Haven, as you mentioned, Andrew. It's directed by the same guy that directed this movie, the uh, Apostle Gareth Edwards. British guy, I believe? Evans. Gareth Evans. Gareth Evans. There's a Gareth Edwards... And there's Gareth Evans. I mean, how many Gareths are there? There there's can't lots be lots that, of that's Gareth a, with an E last like, name and you're British. Gareth, that's tough for me to. Just, like, it's like you know. VJ. You hear the name VJ, you just think of VJ yeah. Singh. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so so this segment of VHS, it's a weird concept, but essentially it's a group of documentary filmmakers in somewhere in Asia. But essentially, what they do, they're they're going to film this cult. That is this controversial cult. And when they go in there, everything seems fine. Everything's kind of a little bit strange, but there's nothing going on. And all of a sudden, this alarm goes off. And all this weird shit starts happening. And the leader of this cult all of a sudden, like, explodes into a bloody pulp. And then there's a demon and there's all this stuff. And Gareth... Edwards, right? Edwards? Evans. Evans. Directed this segment, and I won't spoil the the ending for you because it's fucking phenomenal. But if you haven't seen this, one, watch all the VHS movies, and two, watch Safe Haven. Because it's awesome. All the movies are great. And they're produced by Bloody Disgusting, which I've actually happened to contribute to. So go check it out on Twitter. We'll mention the handle at the end of the show. But, yeah, that was uh, the best portion of all the VHS movies was Safe Haven from VHS 2. Have to say. I did enjoy that one a lot. Mm-hmm. I do, I'm one person that needs to watch VHS from start to finish because I don't think... I've I feel seen... like I've been trying to get you've you to watch to... the VHS movies as long as you've been trying to get me to watch Kill List, which one I day. will watch Kill List. It's on your list of movies for this year. Yeah, so I almost wanted happen. to do that one, but then I was like, it's a lot easier. This movie's on Netflix. It's available. People can watch it after they listen. Hopefully it stays. I don't know how long it's supposed to be on there for, but... It's a Netflix movie, so it's going to be Netflix... on there forever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Back to it. So we're talking Apostle, which, as we discussed, was 
directed by Gareth Edwards, excuse me, Evans. <laughs> and um, I got to give a shout out to Matt Flannery, the cinematographer for this movie, because the cinematography in this movie almost makes this movie, Unbelievable. in my mind, that much better. Did you enjoy the way it was shot, Kat? I did, actually. That was that was kind of a way that I... That was the reason I liked the movie, the way that it was shot, because it, it, it captured different angles, which was kind of nice. It wasn't shot from, like, one person view. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's just beautifully shot. Yeah. Some of the scenery, it's just... Oh, my God. Well, yeah, wherever they film... It, where puts, it, they it film makes it. you feel like you're in the movie. That's what that type of cinematography does, and that's why I like yeah. those types of movies so much, because it's more of a... You're getting more feeling than just, you know happy or sad you're getting like a visceral type of feeling that's yeah. just no i agree is that the word visceral yeah visceral <laughs> I, I know what you mean there yeah so vis- visceral right. is the right word for sure you pro- i assume wow. you enjoyed the cinematography good, good word. oh hell yeah the I visuals mean, are stunning it, it, it looked like so it's they're, like the they're meaning music. it to take place the on a I, I think like the actual story was like a welsh island and it looks like that it looks like they're on like this random island absolutely very green, very blue. Everything's perfect. It looks great. It's well, even in the end, it's almost movie. like they built the set on that island. It's like the same way yeah. The Witch. Those types of movies, I feel like if you're going to get really weird with a movie, you got to give it like, it has to be that constant, it just feels foreboding, like the visuals. It's like constantly something bad is going to happen. If we're yeah. talking about this set exactly, um, I thought the, the cool part about the end Spoiler alert. Uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> um, spoiler when they're getting into the boat and half of, like, the mountain or the, like, cliff kind of, like, explodes out. Oh, yeah. Was so cool. Because you didn't really that was expect so real. it at all. Because yeah. then you feel that like... That wasn't, like, CGI. That was no, that was, real. That's yeah. what these movies... I give movies that do that 100% more credit. Especially now in age when it's so much easier and so much... I don't actually know if it's cheaper. I think it might be just as expensive to have someone do, like, really good CGI yeah. for a movie. So, Probably. But I give more credit to this because it takes a lot more effort. Well, yeah, and, and then you're actually itself. destroying, like, a cliff. Yeah, which is pretty <laughs> cool. <laughs> Fuck Mother Earth. But yeah, um, I feel like this is the type of crazy. movie, though, where there would not be much CGI required. You couldn't Everything do it. seems so practical in this. Like, everything. Yeah, it would so, stand out like a sore thumb if yeah, you did it. It I would agree. ruin the movie. Agreed, 100%. So I'm glad yeah. you guys appreciate that. So that was a shout-out to Matt Flannery. Flannery, he did his other movies, but I haven't seen those, so we're not going to talk about them. Um, same thing with a lot of the actors in this movie, with the exception of a couple. Like, they looked familiar, and then I was like, I don't know you from anything. Like, the main guy, Thomas Rich, who plays Thomas Richardson, Daniel Stevens, mm-hmm. he was in, like, a couple episodes of Downton Abbey. But I've never Downton. 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 I've never Downtown seen that show. Abby. I haven't. Uh, have not. No desire. I've seen like an episode or two, but not. I never. I never watched it. Like it was never a thing. And it's so funny because like I like The Crown and, and like other like Brid- Bridgerton. And For stuff, some reason, anytime but... I try to watch shows that take place in Europe, I fall asleep. Really? Oh, I. I, I like think it's because they're. I mean, their voices are so soothing to hear. <laughs> I could probably soothing. I could probably binge Downton Abbey. Isn't that on? That's on Prime, right? Is it free on Prime? I thought Downton Abbey was on Netflix, but no, it's not on Netflix. No. I don't no, think it's Prime. It's definitely it's not Hulu. That's for sure. No, but I I don't know if you have to buy it on Prime or not. I think you probably can watch it. Huh? Maybe I don't that's, know. Uh, Carlos, maybe fuck that's that show. Spend. I don't want to watch that show. It's okay. Um, Anyways, sorry. So you mentioned like how good the acting was in this movie, and 
I like that was one of the the bullet points that I had about this. Like this movie would be nothing without the actress, right? So Dan Stevens is awesome. Michael Sheen is awesome. Lucy Boynton, our friend from uh, The Black Coat's Daughter, who plays Rose. You know who you were talking about earlier? Who? Remy Malik. Oh, uh, Remy Malik. Yep. That's, that's her husband. No shit. I think so. Okay. 90, oh, that's right. Because we mentioned well, in they were the Black Coat's Daughter episode. Uh, they were both in Bohemian, Bohemian Rhapsody. Rhapsody, and they've been dating since. No, yes. they're, they're probably married. So. Which is where she's from. Yeah. Great. Um, yeah, they're they're all good. Like I feel like the acting makes this movie because there's really not a lot going on other than the actors. I feel like for most of it, most of it. I think the dialogue's phenomenal. Yeah. And the tension. So I don't think this movie is strictly mm-hmm. reliant upon its actors. But if you have mediocre actors in this it's terrible yeah i agree but with that being said having said that it has still has a lot more than just its acting so i feel like that's i i agree that it has more than its acting but i just personally feel like the acting is the strong point of this movie 100 percent. but i mean you know so andrew you always talk about watching movies with the subtitles on Mm-hmm. I feel like this was a movie that we should have watched with subtitles. Oh, you didn't on. watch it with subtitles? No, because nope. I honestly no. Because like, if they don't speak, there are certain like, things I can't that I even totally, understand. Yeah. Myself, I don't even know what I'm saying. So I need <laughs> subtitles during regular life would be great. If I need my glasses, that instead of having a computer on them, just gave me subtitles to what other people were saying. How cool would that be? Google's working on that. Were subtitles so that the Google Pixel buds that I have right now. They supposedly, if you are in a place where someone speaks a foreign language, mm. you can turn them on live mode, and your earbuds will actually like translate in real time what this wow. person is saying. Wow, that's you. amazing! So, Cause cause I don't know when I'll get to test that too. out, but like if I ever we ever go back to Mexico and someone's speaking Spanish, that I can put be... them on. I would just go, Baxter, you know I don't mm. speak Spanish. Wait, but if you turned them on, then you'd, ca- you'd like, you'd get all these conversations. It would be obnoxious. Well, they folk, I guess they focus in on, like, the best audio quality. So if, like, you're sitting with somebody, like, one-on-one, it can pick that up and detect it. But so. what if you're just walking by a bunch of people in Mexico? I don't know. I, well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't turn it on then, obviously. You could, it would be insane. I'm it sure it probably, probably wouldn't work overload. as well in, in that scenario. But, you know, hey. If only it told so, you oh, oh, I know what I wanted to say. I, I had one more thing I wanted to bring up to you guys. Yes. Kat, I know you haven't because I don't think I watched it with you. But, Andrew, have you ever seen a movie called The Guest? So just skip it? No, no. <laughs> so just skip it. If I've seen it, it's one of those movies I didn't remember because I was probably put it on before I went to sleep. It's a Blumhouse low-budget movie starring Dan Stevens, the lead guy yeah. from this movie where he basically is a Afghanistan or Iraq war veteran, comes back saying that he is helping the family of his fallen comrade, co-soldier, whatever you want to call it. And he's just a fucking badass. And he kicks the shit out of a million people. It's an awesome movie. It's actually on Netflix right now. It's called The Guest with him in it. Is that subtitled? No, it's, it's in English. Oh. It's in English. I like subtitles, but yeah, I, so I he, he's out. great in that. But sorry, I know you were talking about Dan Stevens and Lucy Boynton and Michael Sheen and all the actors. Well, I think stuff. it's interesting that actors. you said that there was there is mm-hmm. see there's some movies like the movie we just did. No, 
What movie did we just do where it was literally like two characters you had to think of? Misery. That was like two people. Misery, that yeah. You class. needed to keep track of two yeah. characters. There's there was Annie Wilkes. Way too many characters in this movie. James Khan. Right. So and I the cut sheriff. the fat. Yeah. I always, there's there's four, you can't have more than four. Yeah, the other people are just afterthoughts. And they're still main characters in a semblance. But right. You can't worry Absolutely. about those. But for the majority, I thought it was interesting because I looked, you know, Michael Sheen, Mark Lewis Jones, who plays Quinn, Paul Higgins plays Frank. Mm-hmm. He's Jeremy's father. Um, they all have a lot of experience in theater. Mm-hmm. Like most of their careers look like theater were guys. spent as being theatrical actors. In and one of them wrote a play, so they have. Which one wrote a play? Um, Frank. He wrote a play, which I thought was interesting because this could be this could be like the sequel to this movie. It's called Nobody Will Ever Forgive Us, which is essentially what him and his you know Malcolm and Quinn could say about sure. themselves. Yeah, but. A lot of theater background. Um, Michael Sheen, who played Malcolm, he obviously he was in Frost Nixon. Did you ever see that? Yes. No. Yeah, I saw it. Once. And I was watching this, every time I watched this. I was like, he doesn't really. He he looks a lot different now, but you can still see it. From because that movie was what twelve years old. It was yeah, at least ten years ago. And then he was in that show on Showtime. I never watched it. Masters of Sex. Yeah, I didn't watch. He also either. produced that show too. So, and then the other guy wrote a play. The other guy was in. Um, Quinn, he looks like I've seen him in a billion movies, but every movie he's been in, I'm like, I don't know, I've never seen that. He's just got one of those faces where he looks, he's phenomenal in this movie. The act, Like you said, the acting is oh, it's it's great. great. Top it's notch. It's amazing. Like, I mean, that's the best part of the movie. I feel like obviously there's some supernatural stuff that goes on, but that sells it. That sells it for me. Most of it. I mean, and even, we're not even talking about the secondary actors like Fionn and Jeremy and the guy in the beginning of the movie that gets killed in his place like the acting like even the secondary actors and yeah they do a great job are phenomenal yeah it's amazing yeah it is great what's the guy's name with the blue eyes again Dan Stevens Thomas yeah Dan Stevens Dan Stevens is the actor's name in real life okay and Thomas is the one the one who has the the ransom for his sister Thomas thing, Thomas, Thomas is his Thomas name right. in the movie yeah. Same guy Thomas is the name yes. in his movie Daniel Stevens is the okay. actor that plays him. All right, yes. fair. So yes. what about him? No, I was just going to say. You he just did thought a, he was really he attractive. He did a really good yeah. job. And <laughs> yeah. he, was, he was He did a really good job because he was really hot. I love yeah. when he was doing he, opium or uh, heroin or whatever the fuck he was dropping under his he tongue. He was like, he kind of reminded me of like Sawyer from Lost in that like strag, like strag. He's a good looking dude. Like, like, great he's looking a great looking dude. And I told her last night because she was actually asking me like what else he had. Well, she's like, why did I recognize him from somewhere? And I said, A... He looks like Calvin Harris, like literally exactly like Calvin Harris. He also looks and like... And B... Go ahead. He looks like an older version from one of the guys from the 100, and I don't know who it is, but I was I was watching the 100 at one point, just as like background, whatever, like Netflix show, and I think one of the actors from there... I didn't even look this actor up, so I have no idea... I, there's no way because he looks way older than the one from the actor from the 100. So there's no way they could be the same person. It's they not. Have the same it's probably kind not. Of yeah. like, I don't think it is. Yeah, no, they have the same kind of like facial features. That's why I thought it was kind of similar. But um, no, he was awesome. He was. He's attractive. Yeah. Lo he siento. <laughs> and you don't have to apologize. <laughs> He um he did a great job in this entire movie, like from start to finish. As you know, his whole character evolved and stuff. It was it was awesome to watch. 
He did a great job playing the guy that is not there for any bullshit. He's there to get his sister and get the fuck out. Like, what do Absolutely. I have? Like, I could totally, I have a younger sister. I could totally picture myself in his position. And I actually thought, like, one of the most interesting things about the movie they never really touched on, unless you have something symbolism-wise, but, like, the beginning of the movie when it shows him in the office of his clearly wealthy family's home and he's talking to some shithead about his father who's now brain dead or whatever. Like, put your differences aside with your father and go help your sister. Obviously. And the more you become to know who he is as a character, it makes more sense. Exactly. Which they do a great job of not giving away until like the end of so the movie. Like, you don't very, really know very who little he is flashback. until the end. And it's all at the end. Did you want to talk about that flashback later? Or do you want we'll to We'll get into the flashback now? a little okay. bit later. I don't all think right. we need to get into Fair it enough. now. We don't want to... We want to get yeah. through the, uh, you know, the general gist of it and kind of just skim our way across. Because, like, I think like we all have agreed, it's a very... This is a slow burn. Hmm. If there's... A, if, like, if you can get through the first hour, it's... To me, so... On the same lines as this, it's a cult-like movie. It's got mm-hmm. a lot of cult tendencies. There's other movies that it reminded me of. The main one, obviously, is The Wicker Man. Everyone says that. Mm. Easy. Yes, The Wicker Man. Even Midsommar. Doesn't, doesn't finish that way. Midsommar. But it's up there. It's, you know, it's the same type as Midsommar. The one it, I thought it kind of drew me to the most, and it's a weird comparison, but it's in another level, is, and no one likes this movie, and I thought, I, Mother... Oh, I liked Mother with um, Jennifer Lawrence. Right? I, hate, I hated. Mother. Yeah, it See, was one of those like, like art housey fucking movies. It. But I feel like this movie is a mix between that and Hereditary. Like it's got like a okay. slight combination. I can see it. what you're saying. I would just say of Ari Aster's two movies, I would think it would be more of a more of a comparison to Midsommar or Midsummer, whatever the... I hate calling it Midsummer. But the whole... The, if you look at the, uh, I don't know. Uh, I like Midsommar. It's the only thing good about the movie. Yeah, yeah that's the name. <laughs> Midsommar. Midsommar. Yeah. Anyway, Midsummer. so that's... I mean, I just thought it was kind of interesting. I also like how this movie has a lot of... It's not a monster movie, but it has some monster elements to it, which I think Mike probably appreciate the most. Yeah, yeah, it does. Like, it, it definitely does. And it, it like, uh, you know... I mentioned to you before, this movie takes a little while to get going, but when it does, whoo boy. Does I mean, it it's up off. there with gore. Uh, oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's a disgusting it's, movie. So we, I, and it's so yeah. fucked. So I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive. I told you this last night. I'm almost positive that I saw this movie like right after it came out, but I was kind of like not paying as much attention as I should have. And watching it last night, I was really paying attention to it, and I, like, forgot how fucked this movie is. This movie is so fucked. And it was funny because, like, we were, like, figuring out when we wanted to watch it, like, or re-watch it for me, and, and Kat was watching it for the first time. And I just remember, like, one of the first things I thought of, I was like, we should not watch this while eating. We should probably wait and, to watch it until after. But it wasn't that gory at that point. Oh, I watched it with a few cheeseburgers. Yeah. yeah like, a lot it of really, ketchup. There was, like, certain points that it was gory, but it wasn't really towards no, the it was, end. No, it was, like, it was a started. very, it like, fine. I mean, I don't I know. Would what, what I mean for, to say I is this is a, a dinner date. would you call no. this a very gory movie? Oh, 
then that's yeah, all I'm trying I mean, to say. It's it was gory that's for that's all I'm trying to say. That movie was gory for at least a quarter of the time. It's yes. not as it's not as gory as it could be. It's though. not gory throughout the entire movie. They save it all for the end. Exactly. And they give that's you the gore. I mean. But they, yeah. there's other elements of gore in there which aren't really there, but they're still fucked up. There's a lot of fucked oh, up shit. Absolutely. Well one one of my biggest problems with the movies when we get to I nitpicks. Know exactly yeah, I think you probably is. know what I'm gonna I say. I know what your nitpick is, but I love mm. your nitpick because mm-hmm. that element to a movie makes the movie so much better because that just shows yeah. you that they really don't give yep. a fuck yep. about you. All right, cool. So where are we at? Uh, you, so, want, you want to talk about some... What, where were we at? You want to talk about I 2018 mean, we, horror movies? Can, or you, uh, you want I was going to gonna save that for the end. You, do we do that at the end? We can do it at the I end. I can do it now. No, we, we never do it at the beginning. I did not mean to interrupt your flow. Where are you at? Go ahead. Go ahead. Don't um, even pretend like I'm well, talking. I was, Go ahead. So we were going to get into the movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, Dig. interesting movie. Dig it in. Dig in. Yep. So, like Mike was saying in the first scene of the movie, Thomas, who was at his father's estate, clearly has a beef with the dad. The dad's rich, got a lot of money. I'm assuming that the beef between the father and the son is the fact that the father probably was very wealthy off of owning business and being involved in greed and money, um, which is kind of the opposite of what this cult believes in. Which I think plays a part in the movie, but so the, the father's obviously involved in greed. And as we, I don't want to spoil the end of the movie though. So well, we've already we'll spoiled find... the beginning of the movie. So keep going. We're almost an hour into this, so yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. So the son is, yeah. as we've come to find out, is a missionary. He was, you know, preaching Christ's message in Peking. And he had a very bad experience during the Boxer Rebellion. Where he mm-hmm. Renounced his own God, religion, everything because he was left there and tortured. And it's this guy's story. And now he's doped up on drugs. He finds out that he has to go save his sister from a cult on an island. Yes, yeah, so looking I... for a ransom from the father, where the estate clearly doesn't want to give the money. Why wouldn't they just give them the money? They clearly don't care about her. Um, can I ask you a question? You can ask as many questions as you like. What? What is he doped up on the entire time? It's either keeps... opium or heroin. Yeah. So what? Why is he doped? Up? He's limping because so he has why? PTSD. Yeah. It's like a, it's a. Do you so... remember the scene where he got the cross burned into his back? Yes. Well, yes. I yes. So is that what what it's from? Yeah. That. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's and almost. So he's taking. See, there's I another mean... element of it that I didn't even realize See... you brought that up. It's almost an element of today's environment. You know, they play into a lot of relevant Correct. issues, you know, right. with, with opioids being an addiction, and the guy had a traumatic thing happen to right. him. Right. And I had no idea, because obviously this seems like, it seems like it's being taken place in the, when? It takes place in 1904. 1905. Five, right. 1905. And at that point, yes. so if you have fought in some sort of war, which at that point... He was a missionary. Know. He didn't fight in a war. Yeah, so he didn't oh, fight in a war. Sorry. So literally during the Boxer Rebellion, he was a priest that was sent over to China to try and convert Chinese people okay. to Christianity. Yes. And this is what Which to was why they showed the scene where him getting the cross right. burned into his back. Yes. Okay. Because he sorry. was coming over to try and... I'm... No, no, no. It, yeah. It's fine. There's no need to apologize. Okay. That's what it was. That's what it was. So he obviously finds out that his sister is, there's a ransom on her head and they're like, don't pay them. Which is smart on their part because if he did pay him, he would have been fucked. If he was just some average idiot that they sent over. But he obviously has experience. He always, obviously, you can tell he's a skeptic. The way he thinks is the way a skeptic thinks. Mm-hmm. He's always assuming the worst. Yeah. And 
So when he's lined up, so he gets, obviously they sent him some sort of invitation to join this cult on this island that you need to bring the invitation to the boat that's going to bring you over there, get your luggage. And um, interesting enough, he has the invitation. And I don't know if this would have registered with most people, but it registered with him. He notices on the invitation there's a red smudge in the bottom right-hand corner. And he just goes to wipe it off. And he notices that it's obviously stamped on there. It's some sort of stamp, like the mark of death, essentially. Mm -hmm. So he knows if he gets on this boat with this stamp on his invitation, something bad's probably going to happen to him. So he Taking smartly... Taking the boat across the river sticks, if you will. Smartly, essentially, yeah, that's his... you got to pay the troll toll. Pay the troll toll to get into that boy's <laughs> hole. <laughs> so he creates a diversion, distracts some sap who I felt bad for for about five minutes. And then I was like, fuck this guy. Yeah. That guy's the worst. So he switches out invitations. His doesn't have the smudge on him. The guy, the other guy gets on the the boat with his invitation with the stamp and they mark his bag. So, you know, something's going on with this guy. Obviously they were marking it because they assumed that the money was in that bag and they wanted that bag. And this was the guy that they were going to, I don't think they were ever going to give, let him leave. Probably no. not. No. Well, Quinn wasn't. No. But the other two may I feel like have... most most people in that in that cult, whatever you want to call them, probably cult. Uh, it's a cult. Most of them knew they couldn't leave, I would say. Oh, absolutely. And most of them probably didn't want to leave, but the ones that did knew that it was going to be almost impossible to do so. Yeah, pretty much. So he figured that out. He, Jeremy puts his luggage on board for him. He gets on the boat. And... Um, one of the most horrifying scenes in this movie. I'm sure it's tattooed in your brain, Kat. When they get on the boat, what what happens then? <laughs> They're on the boat over to the island, and a baby lamb comes flying out of, somehow, flying out of some cage or something, and Thomas catches the baby lamb, and he's holding the lamb. You don't remember this? No. Such a fucked up scene. And they say, oh no, you're not supposed to catch that. You're supposed to let it go. And they take the baby lamb and they essentially throw it into the ocean. Okay, I don't remember that. Uh, yeah, And you know who yeah. throws it in the ocean? The guy that he switched bags with. So when that happened, I was like, good. That guy, you just threw that poor lamb in the ocean. I, I will say. Wait, why would I, why would I not remember that? I don't, I don't know. Maybe if you you might have blocked attention. it out because it sucks. Maybe it was so, very traumatic. So, so if you, like me, I would say, fellow listeners, if I could just inject real quick, if you do not like violence on animals, like I do, like, excuse me, I do not like it, um, I would say this is not a movie for you. This is a pretty violent movie towards animals. That's the only death of an animal, isn't it? No, there's another one when they're birthing an animal in the uh, stomach. Yeah. Everybody eats... Yeah, but everyone eats meat. Well, they no, 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 it's, no, 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 it's... No, 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 no. So the, the, there's, the, there's that scene with the, the lamb on the boat. Yeah. Like, then they basically, they, they pull a disformed lamb... Yeah, but that's not... ...baby out of uh, a mother or whatever, and yeah, they Yeah, but that's just natural it. birth. Oh, yeah, and then he there's throws also, it in a bucket like a rat. Uh, one where they pull that's a so rabbit sad. out of a hole and cut the rabbit's throat and put the rabbit's blood into a funnel and shove it into the uh lady and the, the lady's mouth barn the uh, the barn the the goddess yeah yeah the so i I, I guess Arizona. long long way of saying if you're sensitive to that type of stuff with animals uh, yeah definitely don't watch that yeah, just know watch that no animals were harmed during the yeah it was, it was all fake but obviously not easy to watch in certain circumstances i'm sorry no, i digress okay. all right so safe to say that we are all uh <laughs> you know Fans of this movie, I should say, uh, to a certain degree or extent. 
So, uh, I guess at this point, Andrew, we should probably talk about some other horror movies that came out in the year of our Lord 2018, which I know you are prepared uh, to discuss, my friend. Well, there's a good amount of these, and a lot of them I haven't seen. So, mm-hmm. I took like a brief list of some I have seen, some I haven't, but like everyone talks about. So, there was the Halloween 2018 that came yep. out. Good, not great. Annihilation. Uh, Which I don't consider a horror movie. Really liked it. It's a good I thought movie. it was good. Yeah, yeah monster movie. Uh, Bird Box. Okay. Decent. Mm-hmm. Hereditary. Obviously, we love that movie. So say so, yeah. That's I think the one other movie that we've covered from this year was Hereditary. Um, you guys have both seen Mandy, right? I haven't seen. That. Uh, yeah, oh, we, well, we, we saw we saw a little bit of it, and then we kind of turned it off because it. I ended too, up watching the rest of it. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was, a it was uh, so l- let me give you the idea of what this movie is. It's one of those movies where it takes an hour for the title card to show up. So it's like an hour. Yeah. Um. But yeah, there, there's some there's some crazy shit in there. I mean, if you want to watch Nicolas Cage like uh, having a a chainsaw battle with somebody else. Meh. Watch it. Interesting. I mean, I feel like they marketed Mandy as, like, this lost episode of, like, live-action Metalocalypse, and it wasn't really that. It was very slow. I feel like if you if you pay off the slow start and you see what Mandy actually happens... Mandy was terrible. I thought it was awful. It's a little bit better than what Kat is saying, but uh, it wasn't my favorite movie. I'll say that. Sorry for the right. long-winded action. That's all right. Um, that. A Quiet Place. Yeah, Cat loves that. I love she a can Quiet talk Place. About that one. The movie's yeah. all right. Oh my god! All right. I was like in the movie talk about theater. Slow. Oh my god! I was in the movie theater at the edge of my seat the entire time because the entire movie is supposed to be silent. It's because you're afraid of everything. No, including silence. That's why you don't shut up. No, I'm just kidding. I, I will say A Quiet Place was a good. That was a little bit it, of a it was burn, probably Andrew. one of the most unique. Burn. Movie theater going experiences I've ever had. Oh because yeah, it was. It was honestly, it was the most quiet I've ever been. Most quiet movie I've ever most been. Most quiet to. place you've ever. Yeah, been? N- yeah, probably <laughs> most quiet place. Yeah, was, no, dude, nobody talked yeah. the entire movie because usually everyone's like, oh damn, oh, like filming TikToks and Snapchats and whatever the fuck else. Sounds like such an old man right now. It was but, so. It yeah, was like, so dude, cool they, to they, watch they, it in a movie. It was, I, I loved seeing that movie in theaters, and I feel like seeing it a second time, it lost its luster a bit, which hurts that movie for me. It's Sorry. one of those movies you see once, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Suspiria, the remake. Didn't see it. Didn't see it. Yeah. No, I Not see a it. huge fan. I don't want to uh, watch a two and a half hour movie, Suspiria. Uh, the fourth of the Insidious movies. Yeah, we saw that. And yeah, The Last Key. Good. Um, all, to be honest. I don't remember one from the other, to be honest. <laughs> I, feel like, um, I feel like the Insidious movies, for me, are like pizza or ice cream. None of them are bad. It's always like a nice comforting thing. Makes sense. And then you guys I mean, both saw. The first Insidious movie is obviously, like, I'd like to cover that in the show someday. I don't, I don't think it's in our roadmap for this year, but uh, the first Insidious movie. It might be, though. It, fan- could, it could maybe end up Fanta- it, could, it could be. It could be. I just, I know we all picked a list of movies, but. We like, didn't plan the whole year, though. Yeah. The, oh, the first Insidious is fantastic, and the sequels are all good to okay. And Insidious, The Last Key, which was the last one supposedly with Lynn Shay, who was in the terrible right. Grudge remake. Um, she's the one constant character in all of those right. movies. Like she's that's like her story. So mm-hmm. she's great in that. I, I liked Insidious: The Last Key. I guess the roundabout way of saying sorry. Never I have a big it. mouth. Um, 
The Meg. What else, Andrew? The Meg. <laughs> yeah, oh, the Meg. Yeah, we, we, we saw the that Meg. That was great. That's just, just a Jason Statham punching big sharks. Yeah, Crazy it's like movie. Sharknado, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Any other movies? Sharknado on a less, uh, a, le- a smaller scale. So, um, yeah, so uh, we talked about Bird Box, talked about Annihilation, movie called Cam, which sucked. I knew you guys had seen oh that movie. Oh, my God, you made me watch that, that, that movie stupid movie. It sucked. It sucked. I hated Mike it. Mike was like, hey, we should really watch this movie, Cam, and it's got great reviews. Yeah, but he doesn't know that oh it's Oh, my terrible. God. It was awful. It was mm. so bad. I... Honestly, every t- every single time this movie gets brought up, she does this exact same thing. I would never. I, I agree with her. Like, to watch it was it. my. It was totally my choice. But yeah, but you whatever, didn't know it was whatever. bad. Yeah, it sucked. It sucked. It was some. It was. We don't need to dedicate any more time to Cam because it did suck, and I am agreeing. Moving on. Uh, the Cloverfield Paradox also sucked. sucked. The first Purge, actually pretty good. Oh, I uh, Ghost Stories. Which stars Martin Freeman from uh, The Hobbit, oh, Lord of the Rings. I saw the first segment of that. Awesome! It's, it's a great so movie. good, and that's what it. Oh, that's what that movie was. That's yeah. a great movie. Yeah, I, I need it's to watch that movie. And, and another anthology. I love anthology. Uh, Goosebumps Two with uh, Jack Black. We talked about Hereditary, obviously, on a prior episode, uh, and then a lot of movies with the. Prefacing the uh, the main character, the nun, the predator. Oh, the nun. That's the Conjuring mm-hmm. sequel. Yep. Right? Uh, that movie sucked. The predator was disappointing as well. We already talked about uh, Quiet Place. Uh, Strangers, Pray at Night, sequel to the Strangers, which uh, we're going to talk about. Strangers coming up. Summer of '84, which we saw recently, which was an awesome movie, and uh, that's pretty much it. So yeah, decent so, year, good good so, year for horror. Top I mean, three, would it finish oh, top three? Would I this mean, finish, it's a good, it's a good year. Good, would good this year, finish top year. three in your uh, list of 2018 movies? Uh, no, no, okay. not for me. Um, not this time. I don't think so either, to <laughs> be honest. This, not, not this time. <laughs> no, I think uh, hereditary, hereditary, hereditary is clearly better. I mean, hereditary is the one, the number one uh, for this year. I liked Summer of 84 better than this movie. Oh, I haven't seen that. I don't think it's better. But, uh, I, I liked, I liked The Predator better than this movie. Really? Yep. You just said that movie sucked. Um, I liked The Quiet Place better than this and movie. And I also liked Annihilation better than this movie. And Sorry to say, I my friend. I may have liked Bird Box better than this movie. Yeah, you can sit down now. Definitely not. Cam, We're moving sucks. on. Cam okay. did suck. Cam. I know. Scary? Cam sucked. All right. Uh, you, yeah, let's, let's roll, let's um, roll honestly, the categories. Yeah. Parts of this were very fucking scary. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, when he is down in that, like, blood pit thing, and, like, he sees a thing, and then he goes into this pit, and he's just, like, you just look at him, and you're like, oh, my God, like, what the fuck is going on? And he's going into these, like, deeper and deeper, like, areas that you don't know where he's going and you're just like oh my god like you get that feeling like we just did the descent it's that same it's that exact same feeling that you get from the descent when he's in that thing with like the blood bath and all the bones it's essentially like he's in the andrew and i were literally talking about that last night about how the parallels between the descent and that part of the movie claustrophobia yeah and like you're you're going into this like disgusting water looks like like, red blackish like tint it was essentially like the old bitch from uh the shining chasing you yeah pretty much that's a great comparison well and at first i wasn't sure if she was like uh, like a uh, like 
before him or after him because he just all of a sudden she just kind of appeared and then he ended up in a different place so I was assuming that he just kept going and she appeared like behind him you know what I mean because it, yeah. it didn't really I it looked at first that like when he looked forward that she was there and then he went backward but then I was like but then he ended up in a different place so then I was like what is that about so it I kind of got lost there for a second. But. No, I, I, I know what you're saying because what I was watching and I, I kind of had some similar thoughts. But, yeah, I feel like the way they shot this movie, you're always supposed to be looking over his shoulder when he's going down there. Oh, absolutely. Like, like, okay, is there something behind him? Like, I actually, like, believe it or not, like, I feel like this reminded me in a way of, like, the Blair Witch Project for a certain point. Where, like, I feel like if they actually showed a little bit more of what was going on with the Blair Witch Project, it would be something similar to this in terms of, like, the paranormal stuff. I don't know why I'm saying that. I'm just, that's just, I don't know. I just have a feeling. Well, is that the slight tie-in between his segment in VH2, VHS2, with the found footage in this, where he gives you the same sort of feeling? It might might be that type of thing. Disturbing. Yeah. I don't know. That 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 whole scene, like... Talk about me getting scared movies. That part made me very scared and uncomfortable. Oh, absolutely. Because it reminded it reminded me of that shining bitch. That's just all I could think of. Yeah. was her chasing you down. The She's just a, fr- a freaky, a freaky character. Oh and yeah. And like, th- there's no way to make that character look any sort of uh, Less like in, in a good way. Freaky, I, I guess yeah. I don't know how else to say it. But like, yikes! The scariest part for me, bar none, was when you knew. That kid, what was uh, the, the kid who... Jeremy? Jeremy. Jeremy. You knew he was going to get some sort of torture. And it just showed them with this stone tablet that they were going to lay him down on. That is pounding these stakes in. And in the background, you see these people in robes with these pointy, tall, black hats. Super creepy. Honestly, like, one of the scenes that probably has creeped me out the most... Like, before you even see any of what actually happens... And I know we're going to talk more about this scene, but uh, that that freaked me out. I was just sitting there, and I was like, oh, my God. Can we talk about another... Now that that you mention it, because I watched a little bit of the VHS um, Safe Haven, Mm -hmm. the part where they're clamping his head together... And the yeah. blood pools over his eyes, and it's from his point mm-hmm. of view. Yep, that's so good. Oh, it's so it's so gross. That gives you it's that so good, like though. that you're, gives you're you that. Like, oh, your oh brain, God, your brain, I'm you're him. already yeah. crushed. You're done. Like you're not gonna get out. Yeah, of it. I feel I like and, and, and that I, was that was I, a moment. I'm, I'm pretty I sure too. I mentioned this, but like the V8, the VHS safe haven segment, like the found footage element, gives it so much more of a gritty, scary feel. The only thing I problem I have with that is a lot of it feels like a video game. I feel mm. like it's Resident Evil. Mm. But other than that, it's phenomenal. So, yeah. I want to get into a really quick note before we do. I should say, just a reminder that today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your specific audience. That's podgo.co at podgo.co. And be sure to add our podcast, which is America's Hometown Horror, in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. Once again, 
make sure you add America's Hometown Horror in the How Did I Hear About This Podgo podcast section of the application. And thanks again for listening to our show and supporting our show. All right. So with that being said, Andrew, we are back on to categories. We talked about uh, if shit was scary, I think, right? So what's up next? What are we doing? I want to get into a real quick no from everyone. Uh, cast replacements. I got none. I wouldn't replace anybody in this uh, movie. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I would either, to be honest. So I that's a no. We're, we're moving on. Yeah, all right. I'm a, a no. Yeah, is, every, we need a quick one. Yeah, all right. Fair. No, quick. No, nobody stuck out to me. I think nope. that was, again, one of all three of our strong points at the beginning with... Dan Stevens, Michael Sheen, Lucy Boynton. Yeah. Pick one. They're, They're all good. Phenomenal. I wouldn't mm. take any of them out. So now we're getting to one which we kind of discussed a little bit. I don't know if it's actually your choice, but your favorite scene of the movie, Kat. Do you have one? Does one more stand out in your mind? Um. We can give you a pass. Bring it back to Mike. And pass then you it. Bring it back, yeah. Michael. I mean, the pure horror fan in me is 100% thinking of the purifying scene. How can you not, right? I remember that, like, when this movie was coming out, this was one of the scenes that they were showing in trailers, like, to a certain extent. And while I think it was incredibly brutal, incredibly gory, incredibly disgusting, and it made me cringe and be thankful that I was born at the time when I was, they really didn't show a lot. It was kind of a little... It was sound. Kind of a a mastery of making you imagine what it looked like. Until the very end. They show the the guy's hate, like, they head caved in. They show the first half in inch like, when it gets into his head, which mm, is all you need. Because yeah, just I a don't little bit. The, no. I don't need to see the whole thing. And then the crunching sound, and then, like you said at the end, when they show the entire bored-out head. I don't want more than that. Nice vocabulary. You don't need bored? more than that. Yeah, that a boy. Well, it was a bore. Fuck yeah, They man. bored his head in. They did. They did bore his head in. That and I wasn't bored. I wasn't bored. I was not bored. But yeah, Mike, that's obviously the best scene in that movie, and I wish I could argue with it, but that is, that's the scene that makes you go, like, ugh. Like, if Eli yeah. Roth did that scene, it would have been too egregious. It would have been Honestly, you know much. what, like, so listening back to a couple episodes ago when you went on your Eli Roth rant, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I, I love that he's a huge horror fan and that he does the uh, History of Horror show on AMC, which is great. I love it. He interviews a lot of cool people. I'm just not a fan of his movies. It's too much. I don't want to throw up when I'm watching it. Yeah. Like, I like yeah. gore, but this movie I thought had more than enough gore. Can we yeah. go back to me about the scene? Yeah, you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Do it. Um. So. Sorry, we were off on a tangent. Well, we were waiting for you to decide. <clears throat> I know, I'm sorry. So I think one of my favorite scenes is when, in the end, like, at the very end when, it, it's kind of like a whole, it's, I guess it's a scene, but, like, it's kind of the whole falling action, like, from the minute that he finally gets to, to his sister, and he cuts her down, says hi, hello, and, like, shut the fuck up, and then he's just, like, the whole thing where he's just trying to get her free, and he gets battled by the guy with the hive head thing. They're uh, like, who is sticks, he? rope, vines wrapped around his head. He's a, he's probably a follower of that cult that's just insane. So at at the end, at some point, like when he gets like I said to Mike when we were watching it, I was like, so 
it, does it is it just his head when it gets like taken off like that like beehive thing that's around his head? It's not a beehive. Like, it's vines around his head. He's a real person. He's alive, and he's just insane. He just wraps vines around his head. But like it looked like the vines went off of his head and he died. Like that's what it kind of looked like at one point when after he well he was, was all after... obviously closest to the mother bee. Sure, of course. He's, he was. He was. He was. He's the guardian of the mother bee. Right. He so was he's going to be. He's going to be somewhat entangled with her vine. Sure. Okay. <laughs> yes. All so right. yeah, he's probably not fully human. He's probably. He's like a pan's labyrinth creature. Which I kind of appreciate. You like that? Yes, of course I do. And um, I would just say I liked that whole sequence from the minute that he got to his sister until like the minute that he. Like, pretty much gave up and said, go to, like, that whole, like, area of the movie, I'll say. that I don't even know if it's a scene. I mean, it may be a scene, but it's, like, from the minute that he finally finds her, he, like, has everything that he needed to get. He got to her, and, like, he finally found her. They're reunited, and then all of a sudden he gets dragged away, and she gets dragged away, and, like, it's all over. You know what I mean? Because then she gets dragged away to the prison. He's gone somewhere so else. So you like the end of this movie better than the beginning? No, I like I like kind of the, like the climactic scene, I guess, is my favorite thing. But then I also like the end. I feel like the climax is almost at the end. Well, I feel like there's Pretty much. two, if there is. It's, because like, I feel it's like, three quarters of the No, because end. the whole goal is for him to get to his sister. That's And then he finally yeah, gets and there. He does He's the ultimate hero. And then he sacrifices he loses her literally again. everything he has. For right. her, because that's just who he is. Right. But then when he finally dies and then becomes the island, pretty much, right? Yeah. That's what it's implied. Yeah. Which is He's, pretty cool. Well, that's a that's a cool scene, too. That's what I mean. Like, from that point all the way to the end is Well, he was there cool. to save the island. Right. That's why that creature... Because she said, my she, son, I've waited for yeah. you for so long. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's... Mother Earth calling. It's cool. I liked it. I, I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool. Essentially, to another nice. level. But hey, anyways, what so next? That's your best scene. We have not gotten into um, best deaths yet. There's plenty to pick from. Who would like to start that off? And if oh, not, we just did we didn't we just do we that? did best scene. Best scene. Okay. Best yeah. death. I already have my best death. My yeah. best. Would my best scene is my best death. So you can skip me because I'm I'm right there with best that. death. Best is. Death. Jeremy? No, yeah. We talked about it. That's what I just said. I said his was Jeremy. Sorry. Anyway. Anyway. As you said, we were talking about best death. Yes. Actually, I said that. But, yeah, you, you did. Um, <laughs> the best death is when he's battling, when um, Thomas is battling with Quinn at the end of the movie. When he finally gets into... In, that's a... Talk about fucking scenes. That's a fucked up scene. He's got the Andrea and his sister Jennifer captured there, and he's going to use them for sex slaves to re-inhabit. Mind you, he's missing island. like four, three, three or four fingers <laughs> also. <laughs> no, not Thomas, but Quinn. Oh, Quinn, Quinn. He has sorry, them sorry. held there because he's going to use them for interesting purposes to rehabit, repopulate that island. And then he comes there, Thomas, and he um, starts fighting with Quinn. Great fight scene. Phenomenal fight scene. He starts it off with a stab right in the sternum. Mm-hmm. And then they're wrestling, and then Quinn stabs him like six times in the side. Yeah, and, I remember seeing and, that. Like, that was and like, and then 
this is why this is the best death is because so they have the chain on the wall. Andrea takes the gun and instead of shooting Quinn, she shoots their chains off and they're able to get it off partially. So they take the remaining part of the chain and they put it around Quinn's neck and they start pulling him towards him while Thomas has his knife dug in at the top of Quinn's chest. And as they're dragging him towards them, Thomas is keeping the knife in place and just basically disemboweling him yeah. and opening up Ooh. his entire Yikes. body. That is... It's, it's Talk gruesome, about a death. Yeah, that's that's the best death in the movie. Yeah, I uh, I mean... It's a good choice. I think you guys both took either one of mine, too. I mean, those are the two best deaths by far. I mean... Easily the most the other, memorable. Oh, I'd say the other really gruesome part was... if It wasn't a death, but the other gruesome part was when the... Um, What's-his-face's fingers got, like, into the... When the goddess the, put her fingers into Thomas's head? No. Nope. Oh, when, when Thomas his got his fingers in the grinder, the grinder thing. Yes. From yes. the grinder. Yes, that was the other most gruesome Ugh, part. That like you weren't sure if they were going to actually go through the grinder or not, and then all of a sudden they did. They did. And you're like, oh, oh my god! <laughs> you know what's funny is that other than those three fingers, nobody went through the grinder. I wanted I somebody know, to go I through the grinder. Like I thought, I thought whatever, whatever that monster with the bandages on. The name of the monster is the grinder. The grinder. So I thought the grinder like. I thought for sure when you see that, like, akin to 30 Days of Night, okay? You see that trash compactor, you know. Oh, it's coming. There's yeah. a vampire going in there at some fucking point, right? And you see it, and it's gross. But it never came. It never came in this movie. The hand was, was enough, though. That made me very, the hand that was, was very a, gross yes, to begin with. Yeah. Agreed. But, yeah. No, you know, it is what it is. Um, so, which brings us to... Would you go to a haunted attraction if this was one of the uh, main events? Yeah, and I feel like it could be because like, I feel like all of the... They have different like houses and stuff. It's a town. I mean, so you could be anywhere in like a field and like the whole like haystack kind of thing that they're in. Or you could be in a church or you could be... Well, like, I think in- with that one scene alone where he's crawling through the bloody muck. Uh, absolutely. That alone is a horror... You could have that just be the only part of oh, it. Oh, yeah. I just think of, when I think of haunted attractions, I think of, because they're based on boo scares, right? Jump scares. And for this movie, there's not a lot of jump scary type things. There's a few, but not a lot. So I, I don't know if this would necessarily translate but to that. Are. But I think you could, it could be done. I think it could be done. Do they if need If you made to? it really in depth, like where you had to wear a bathing suit and crawl through a literal oh muck of just Stop it. steaks and Worcestershire no. sauce and hot dogs slapping you in the face, that would be terrifying. It would be no. absolutely horrifying. But then but. you'd have to go, is anybody peeing in this? Where am I? This would be yes. in the same sense of if you had something... Could you imagine along the lines of, like, when we went to Spooky World and they had that big blow-up thing and you said you really didn't want to go in it because you're claustrophobic? Could you imagine if that was filled with, like, water or something? No. Or filled with, like, some sort of, like, like blood? Up, just material. up to a certain point. Mm. Like, not even, like, not even up above your head that made it seem like not it wasn't real, but, like, something, like, up to, like, your waist... That yeah. made it feel like you were going through that, and then if you were ever to pop that bubble, that it would just spill out all over you. Wouldn't that be terrifying? Um, yeah, you are making me fucking freak out. <laughs> right now. I mean, something like that. You wouldn't even need like 
boost scares for. Like, you could yeah. actually recreate that entire scene. Well, what she was talking about before, too, was... <laughs> so, we... When Spooky World was COVID-free a few years ago, there was... So, the one haunted house that was closed when we went this year... Which was called like I forget what it was, but it's basically like it's a it's themed to like a junkyard with like all old cars and a bunch of other shit. And there's a section that you walk through where you're walking through an old it's like a junkyard. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Right? So it's like an old junkyard, and you're walking through this old section of a junkyard, and they have these bags that are filled up with air, and you're meant to walk through it basically, and you're smushed it's like claustrophobic type thing mm. they didn't have it this year because of covid we did it we did it once we did it once but this year it wasn't it and wasn't there. It, so we're gonna get into our last category mm-hmm. your mvp of the movie which i think this is so obvious which is why this whole podcast revolves around what i am about to say not, not the whole podcast but <laughs> my whole podcast my whole part of this yeah you're the who's your MVP? Who's, who's your who's your mvp uh blue-eyed <laughs> man what's his face such a sap. Thomas. Thomas. Blue-eyed Thomas man. is my, yeah, the blue eyed. He had very piercing blue eyes. They're right. very handsome. Yeah, very stubbly. I mean, yeah. I, I enjoyed him. He was nice. And I think that uh, he played a great role in this movie. He kind of, like, guided the whole movie. That. He guided the whole movie, like, th- throughout the whole thing. I mean... He was a major character the entire time, like, from beginning to end, from, like, beginning his search shop with his sister, <laughs> all the way to the end when he died on the island. So, I mean, he was the main character from beginning to end. I agree. He's my MVP. Uh, so, I could very easily say that, uh, that Thomas was also my MVP, but I am going to go off the board here. So I'm going to say Malcolm is my MVP. I'm going to go off the board here because, you know what, I I think at the beginning of this movie, he is presented as unequivocally the villain, and you come to find out as you continue to watch the movie that he is pretty much like just along for the ride, and then that, his second in command there, that dickhead, what's his name, um... Quinn? Quinn. Quinn, Quinn. Biggest dickhead. Uh, Quinn, basically, you you come to find out, is the power-hungry one that wants to take over his thing, and he ultimately tries to do good at the end. So for those reasons, I think that he is my MVP of the movie, if I had to say. He showed the most change in character. Correct. Most character development, if you will. Fair, fair. He started off, it was almost like, he's almost like Jamie Lannister. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I, you know what? I respect that. I love, I love Jamie Lannister. Sorry. Go ahead. I respect that. Is it uh, your turn, right? Ah, it is. And now it is time for a segment I like to call my MVP with plenty of ranting (laughs) because this is where it gets weird. All right. So my MVP is going to be the goddess of Erisden. Which is the uh, vine Which lady. Which is the vine lady. Yeah. Because she's based off of a real person. Okay. And nobody has mentioned this, so I didn't steal this from anywhere. I'm probably wrong. It's all very skeptical. But I have a theory. Fair so, enough. one thing I like about what we've been, when we're watching movies and we're podcasting, is I've started to take notes. And my fucked up brain thinks it's a good idea to just take notes of weird. Anytime they mention anything with a proper noun, essentially. 
a name, like if it's a full name, a book, a show, a movie. And in this case, they mention the book of Therese when um, they're trying to figure out who the intruder is on the island, which I thought was weird. One really weird part about this is that there's eight people in there and they're all, it's eight men. And I'm pretty sure when everyone was getting off the boat, there was a couple women who were new to the island. They didn't invite them to that meeting where they had to start reciting from Malcolm's book, Hmm. which is essentially, he's like Matthew of the Bible is what he thinks he is. Um, Yeah. And he makes them recite a passage from the book of Therese. Okay. So I was like, I heard that and I'm familiar with the Bible. I knew that wasn't a part of the Bible. Right. So I just Googled the book of Therese and nothing came up but except for uh, a couple books written by a um, patron saint named Therese Lassou. Okay. And she is the patron saint of um, missions and florists. Okay. Missions. Missionary. Thomas was a missionary. <laughs> florists. Okay. Flowers. Plants. She's also the Flowers. co-patron. Thought you were talking about she's, sex there. She's the co-patron saint of the Apostle Prayer. She died in 1896 at the age of 24. This movie came out in 1905, nine years after. Like, the setting of the movie. Right. I'm not saying that it's based off her, but there's a lot... I I would feel if I was a writer and I was writing something and I didn't want to give credit to something, it would be something I was going to give credit to something that no one else would know about. Because I couldn't find this anywhere else. Just bear with me for a moment. Okay. The goddess of Ariston is based off... Therese Lassou, the okay. patron saint. Um, one of her symbols is flowers, mm-hmm. specifically a rose. Okay. Doesn't ring a bell. What does Quinn place in Jeremy's head after he oh, purifies yeah. him? Rose. A rose petal. Okay, all right. Okay. There's a rose petal, and when she's... When uh, Thomas comes over and the flowers start to bud again, mm-hmm. you can see all the flowers. Yep. Right. Um, okay. All right. All right. I don't know. She just was a very interesting person. Um, there's a couple they quotes she went has with a lot of that stuff. I think I don't know. These quotes really have much to do with it, but it made a lot more sense. But so one of her quotes, she wrote a biography after she died. She was a, no. made a saint. She died at 24. 24. And she was never really a... She didn't do Yikes. anything. She didn't perform any miracles. Nothing. But one of her quotes is, As Jesus had made me realize that the cross was the means by which he would give me souls, the more often it came my way, the more suffering attracted me. Huh. Outside the box. Weird. I find it similar to the goddess. Um, one of the people she mentions in one of her quotes is... St. Ignatius of Antioch, which stands for, means fire bearer. Right. Fire! (laughs) There's burning. Um, She kind of looks like her a little bit. I can see it. I can see it. (laughs) Andrew's showing me a picture right now. I can see it. I can see it. I mean, I just thought it was interesting because there's so little known, but, like, um, a lot of the things that she was given sainthood was was because she was just so subservient, like she would just do anything for the bettering of others. So one of the things she would do is um, she was often given like rotted food, the worst leftovers to eat, mm-hmm. and would just eat them right. because someone had to eat else. them, which 
when you look at the goddess of Ariston, when she's being jammed a funnel down her throat and fed just the bowels of Jeremy and everything, she's being fed a lot of the worst. And, yeah. She's being fed the worst leftovers. There's a couple other, not along that line, but makes it spiritual. Is the fact that um, you know you see the lamb fall overboard. He tries to save the lamb. A lot of pictures of Jesus holding mm-hmm. a lamb. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other part is the word Exodus. Yes, on the which in the cave comes from, which also ties in with. So when they're leaving the blood in the jars outside their doors at night, right? It's Passover. In Exo, in Exodus, the last plague that befell Egypt before they let the Hebrews rise up right. in the nation was they had to mark their doors with, with blood, lamb's blood with lamb's blood yeah. in order that their firstborn son wouldn't become. So there's a lot of religious aspects to it, but it was right. also. And the movie's called Apostle, Apostle, of which makes sense, yeah. which I thought it was funny that this bitch, I don't know. That's in your own time, dude, look, up, look up super look interesting. Look up shit. Teresa LeSue. Do your own homework, because I don't think he's ever said it. He hasn't mentioned it, but I feel like there's some, he mentions her, and I think he meant to, but he didn't say it. That was my well, conspiracy shit, that's theory of the movie. Oh, my God. Really Bravo, Andrew. Those two. Oh, one other thing oh, I have. Oh, you do a good job. Um, he makes a good choice. The, the, yeah. the term doubting Thomas comes from the Apostle Thomas, who didn't believe anything until he was shot at himself, which our main character Thomas is essentially. It took her sticking her fingers in his head and showing her what happened for him to believe anything. Yeah, okay. Did you say when he sharded himself? <laughs> I may have, but he is a doubting Thomas, <laughs> and his name is Thomas. Okay. All right. Interesting. <laughs> My God, awesome stuff on Apostle tonight, you guys. Great stuff, Andrew. Good work. I mean, I would have never even put two and two together with those. Dude, it so. took me. It just took because I was like, <laughs> another planet. As soon yeah. as I saw the connection, I was like, Mother Teresa. Oh yeah. Like I thought it was gonna be Mother Teresa, but it, no, yeah. it wasn't. It was Teresa Delas. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> that's awesome hammer. though. There's I a mean, lot more to it, and awesome I didn't even talk about it. Them. But look it up, and you'll figure it out for yourself. Because she, it seems like it's based off. Of well, shit. I mean, I, I hope I hope you guys that are listening enjoyed that conversation as much as I did because I had no idea about any of that shit. So thank you again to Andrew. Um, you guys, any final thoughts on Apostle before you wrap it up? Watch I mean, it a couple times. Use subtitles. Yeah, use um, subtitles I think, for sure. I think sure. I will watch again <laughs> Every subtitles. movie with subtitles, especially <laughs> if they have slightly an accent. All right, folks, so thanks for tuning in to another episode of America's Hometown Horror. My name is Mike, and I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you hanging out with us for however long this episode has been. I have been joined, as always, by my co-host, Catherine. Hello. (laughs) Say goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) And driving the bus tonight, our buddy Andrew. Thanks so much, man. Awesome job. Hope we didn't ride off a cliff. And nope. we are still going. We are still going. And a little buddy, America's hometown or hound dog. dog. Otis. Otis. Yeah, Otis is here. Ready? Otis is here. Speak. Otis is here. Yes. Speak. So, but uh, here's where you can find us on social media. You can find us on YouTube and Facebook. Just search for America's hometown horror. You'll find us. Go on Twitter. Look for hometown horror. And on Instagram, you can look for hometown horror pod. And you can also email us at hometownhorrorpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find our show wherever you get your podcasts, but most specifically Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, and wherever else. My name is Mike again, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of America's Hometown Horror. Say goodbye to your listeners, folks. Bye. Adios, muchachos. Drive safe. Woo! 
Hey everyone, it's Mike from America's Hometown Horror, and just wanted to say thank you again for listening to another episode of our show, because of course, we would be nothing without you listeners. If you are interested in more local Plymouth podcasts, I would highly recommend you check out uh, some shows by our cohorts on the Inebriart Podcast Network. That's right, the Inebriart Podcast Network, folks. In addition to America's Hometown Horror, you can find the Inebriart Podcast, Bar Talk, Theme Park Legends, Retro Redoctopus, and Old Colony Cast. Head on over and give them a listen.